Welcome to Haber Bros, a podcast for historic, cross-centered Christians. We seek to provide ancient answers to a culture that's forgotten the questions. Thank you for listening this week. If you like what you're hearing or enjoy the show, please share it with a friend. This is the biggest way that podcasts grow. Say positive things about us on Twitter and Facebook. Um, a shout out to our cousin Josiah, who single-handedly helped resuscitate our Facebook discussion group this past week with some great questions. Um, and Josiah, I am definitely going to be responding to that because you asked some really good ones. Um, if you have not yet given us a five-star review, pause what you're doing and please do that now in the inscrutable dark room in which uh, the algorithms are drawn up. I gather that that matters. Follow us on Twitter at, at @clergylay and join our Facebook discussion group. I'm Kirk Haberman, a church musician, and this is my brother Chris, a priest. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm great, Kirk. I am mostly recovered from my cold. It was it was pretty heroic for me to to go out there last week and leave it all on the on the court, on the pitch, on the field. And uh, I mean, I'm not saying I'm a hero, but I'm not saying I'm not a hero. <laughs> I mean, I, I have in my very household, I have a COVID hero currently. Uh, my wife received her second shot yesterday. And, and as seems to be the pattern with so many, she plowed through the first 24 hours after the shot like a boss. And I came home this afternoon and she was sprawled out on the bed uh, <laughs> dramatically um, saying she was, what was her list of symptoms? Um, fog, uh, uh, brain fog, <laughs> um, <laughs> fatigue, headache. Um, brain fog, of course, is a family inside joke. We have a beloved family member who, uh, when this family member got COVID in the fall, um, was giving us at times, literal on the hour feedback. <laughs> and it seemed like feed, uh, brain fog was the consistent symptom. And so we have lovingly ribbed this family member. With both of my shots, Kirk, <laughs> I got brain fog and fatigue. But at age 38, it's hard to tell what's, <laughs> hard to... what's just being 38 and what <laughs> is from the shot. So, yeah, I get it. What, Kirk, happy anniversary. Why, thank you. May 20th, 16 years ago, May 20th, 2005, uh, my lovely bride and I were wed. And uh, I, I, I almost can't believe she said yes and she followed through with it. But 16 very happy years later and four lovely children later, here we are. I'm older are. and slightly arthritic. And yet um, my life has been uh, immeasurably blessed by this so it is a happy day it's weird it doesn't feel like our anniversary because we're not celebrating today today's a very busy go go day 
uh, you and I were recording and then I'm immediately like shoving some spaghetti to my face like in like the 12 minutes that's allotted to me um, between that and when I leave for to coach a baseball game George has another baseball game which we simmer weather has arrived Christopher it's 87 degrees um, <laughs> currently um, our air conditioner is running for the first time this year um, I've been I've been abiding by the open windows policy and that's uh, no longer possible now um, and I'm I every year Christopher I've probably complained to you last five years I'm like oh man this is the this is the summer I'm gonna have to replace the AC unit I hereby proclaim to you this is the summer <laughs> there there is nary a flow which I was looking up uh, I was googling symptoms of uh, when you need to replace your AC unit and one of them is like poor airflow and like you have to you know how like when you walk into a house with a well with a well functioning AC unit you you can feel it from like five feet away you're like ooh, there's the vent oh yeah. you like want to stand in front of it with your arms like wide open and, and just receive the blessing of the cool air that, that wide no open. longer that a song? yes uh, that no longer exists. yeah i mean i you and i have very different approaches to to this uh <laughs> i i get my ac serviced annually yes and like every time they serve, because that's something I cannot live without. Uh, we had a few days uh, where it went down and it was like, I, I am. So you talked about Kim kind of dramatically. And I'm, when you say that she's dramatically sprawled out, I'm picturing her with her, <laughs> you know, kind of fainting with her. Yes. Her, on the fainting couch. Yep. On her fainting couch with <laughs> her hand on her forehead, but like her palm out that right. kind of pose. That's the way I am when the AC goes down. <laughs> I I am a bit of a drama queen uh, when it comes to that, so I make sure that it is at in the tip top shape. And and my technician, uh, so June second, it's going to be serviced, and he's going to tell me. I mean, my my unit's fairly new, but he's right. going to tell me. He's going to give me the update. I, and I'm assuming that like every year when you get your service, you get the update. And they're like, you know, I'm sure you've named her. Uh, I'm sure it's a her. You know, old old Lorraine. <laughs> she 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 can't make it another summer. She's struggling. She she needs a compressor or whatever it is. The parts that, that well, two might... things. You have the best AC unit exploding story ever, which is when your AC unit went. Like, wasn't it <laughs> almost so loud it was unapproachable? Oh yeah, like... it was it was hilarious. It was it was. <laughs> I don't know what broke in it, but it was, I think we sent a video of it to you yes, guys. Like, yes, uh, yes, yes. The unit is emitting this. It was like, it was like helicopter would, rotor would blades. Would you for the like benefit of the listener a building. Um, do an imitation? Kirk, I, I couldn't even, I can't, I, I can't. I think my... you sent us on like the family uh, message yeah. thread. You yeah. sent us an imitation of it. Oh, did, like I, with my mouth, like trying yeah, to yeah, imitate yeah. metal hitting metal. I mean, this is the content that, that people want. Okay. Uh, I don't know if that's Wasn't it? This was my memory. How's that? Okay, that, that's that's pretty good. Okay, now that I you're saying that, like I may, I may have, I may have done that imitation. Yeah, <laughs> is that about it? If I had a way to look for that video, Kirk, I would. And uh, so, if I find it between now and when you post this, we'll include it in the episode. How about that? Right. right. Or in the uh, Facebook, or in the Facebook uh, group. How about that? Yes. Yes. I agree. You should definitely do that. And we should definitely tweet it. Hey, even better. Okay. So my AC unit in contrast to yours, which is a beloved guest at your house. Um, my AC unit is 
um, the Grinch's dog. <laughs> like that I'm like whipping to go up the hill and, and like he is just no yeah. longer capable of doing yeah. so. I mean, like, yeah, yours is probably like 40 years old. Uh, and it look it just let's, looks no sad. no let's be realistic uh it's probably legitimately 30 like it's probably from like 1991 that's possible well, i mean mine was from like 1987 uh, <laughs> and, and it, it didn't get replaced until like 2017 or something so anyway uh kirk do, do we want to issue a, a very brief correction and then move on to our uh scripture oh corrections and additions from last week yeah <clears throat> corrections and additions I asked you uh, a question for which I delightfully not prepared you. Uh, <laughs> are there any um, any explicit or um, implicit Old Testament passages that prophesy the ascension? And you and I like did a little throat clearing <laughs> and a little chin scratching, and and we weren't sure. And it was it was kind of lying right in front of us, wasn't it? Um, the appointed Psalm for Ascension Day is Psalm forty seven, right? Um, in Psalm 47, I believe, and I mean, obviously uh, the church teaches this because it's the appointed Psalm for the Ascension. Psalm 47 is straight up uh, prophetic of the Ascension. So um, do you mind if I read all nine verses, Christopher? Please. Oh, clap your hands together, all you peoples. Oh, cry aloud unto God with shouts of joy. For the Lord most high is to be feared. He is the great king over all the earth. He shall subdue the peoples under us and the nations under our feet. He shall choose our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob whom he loved. And then verse five, God has gone up with a shout of triumph. The Lord with the sound of the trumpet. Oh, sing praises, sing praises unto our God. Oh, sing praises, sing praises unto our King. For God is the King of all the earth. Think upon his mighty acts and praise him with a song. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the peoples are gathered with the people of the God of Abraham. For the mighty upon the earth have become the servants of the Lord. And he is very, very highly exalted. And in fact, I included that as um, a, a, a choral setting of that um, at the end of the podcast, um, uh, Orlando Gibbons' setting of that, um, which you were so taken by last year when I did the same <laughs> uh, for Ascension Day uh, that you asked me to talk about polyphony and fugue. And that was a, a fun segment. But yeah, yeah Christopher- And, and uh, I'm, I'm just a fan of, of that song. So I'm glad you included it again. This yeah, year without, without but that is, it. that is very, uh, God has gone up with a shout. Um, I mean, I, and you and I uh, talked about before the show, how fun it would be to do a, a Sunday school lesson or a study on yeah. the gospel, according to the Psalms, how um, so much of the gospel is prophesied in the Psalms. So, yeah. 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 And it's, it's interesting. And this could be totally nothing, but uh, in the Ascension, the account of the Ascension in the book of Acts, uh, um, yeah, Acts. Uh, you know, where last year you mentioned Bryden's recitation in the King yeah. James uh, of it. Um, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the heavens? Yes. Same Jesus who, you know, what's the next line? Same Jesus who is something, something. Which, which you have seen 
which you have seen him leave. go with these same Jesus, so, which you have seen go, will come, come in back like manner. in will come back in the same way. Yeah, yeah. shall return in like manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's interesting. God has gone up with a shout, with the sound of a trumpet. And maybe yes. I'm, think, I'm thinking too much of this. We know that Jesus will return to the sound of a trumpet, right? Yes. That I mentioned for Saint Paul Thessalonians yes. four, um, and this is First uh, Thessalonians four, fifteen. I'm sorry, sixteen. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the right. dead when Christ will rise first. Oh, and I hadn't even in, thought of that one. In Revelation, I mean, in, in addition. In, oh. Yeah, in Corinthians, okay. St. Paul says, Behold, I tell you a great mystery. The trumpets shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. Yeah, yeah. so it's twice St. Paul is, makes it very clear it's going to be a trumpet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Kirk. Uh <clears throat> let's grind to a halt and then I'm going to hand it to you and see if you have a, a good transition to our scripture segment. Well, uh, St. Paul talks about trumpets sounding. Um, and if you've ever heard uh, a, a beginner um, play the trumpet, um, it's more of the sound of kind of rushing wind um, than a trumpet. Um, speaking of the sound of rushing wind... Today's scripture, and I say scripture because usually our segments are gospel, theology, and culture, but we are not doing a segment on the gospel today because it is Pentecost, and uh, we are going to read the account of the day of Pentecost from Acts. Um, So uh, today's scripture comes from Acts chapter 2, verses 1. We're going to go all the way through 21. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together. And they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt in the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocking said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. 
men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And the sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the, upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Kirk, this is a rich text. Um, and we see this gathering of, there were dwelling in Jerusalem, uh, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Um, and so, and so we see of uh, the beginnings of this church, and and when we see nations, that's ethnicities, that's different peoples, and they list all these all these different people, Parthians and Medes and Elamites, all these people from the known world that uh, we talked weeks ago. When would that have been? About uh, we talked about the uh, maybe it was when we, we talked about Holy Week and Passover because we were talking about the uh, pilgrimage festivals that uh, it was expected for Jews uh, three times a year to come uh, back to Jerusalem. So they lived somewhere in the Roman Empire in this Mediterranean world, and they would travel to Jerusalem. And it says both Jews and proselytes. And I think at one point recently I differentiated, probably when we talked about – did we talk about uh, Simon and the Ethiopian eunuch? We, sure we did because we talked about our friend Joe Gasberry, who is not a eunuch. <laughs> but anyway so we joe, joe is gonna love this his, his forever i just christopher i just um i just was listening to uh, an explanation of um how when you when uh, when someone is accused of something this is there's good social science behind this um the more that you explain um that that person in fact did not beat his wife or whatever. And the more evidence that you provide, the more it sticks in the, in the listener's head Person's or the reader's head, head or whatever, like the connection between that person and the accusation. So like within a year, like everyone's going to be like, what's that thing about Joe Gasper and being a eunuch? <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Well, and, and I believe that like, honestly, that's, that's what's so, so pernicious about Dan Brown's like, yeah, okay. It's a fictional, um, where's books? Uh, the Da Vinci Code. Yes. Like, right. I mean, yeah, it's 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 fiction, and, and like it shouldn't be like a huge threat, but like everybody read them, and like they were totally based on on like not history, like in, in both theology, art, and history, they they were just like took not just liberties, just made stuff up, um, right? That, that didn't make sense, and and so the the at the crux of the book is that like Christianity is false, and like Jesus wasn't raised. And uh, this is this is how it happened. It's this conspiracy, and uh, it's it's just too bad that all these people ingested that because it's. Ho- I'm trying to think of where I heard that uh, a fair amount of people think that the Ark of the Covenant is is sitting in D.C. in like a warehouse somewhere, right? Simply <laughs> because they saw it in Indiana Jones, right? 
Right. Anyway, we have we have gone far afield here. The day of Pentecost was an existing Jewish holiday celebrated is a pilgrimage festival celebrating uh, the giving of the law. And so uh, Jews were there and uh, the apostles were told to wait for the gift from from on high. And so they were waiting. And here um, there was a sound of a a mighty rushing wind and and the sound filled the entire house. And these divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And so there's a lot of art uh, depicting this, of, of these tongues of fire on their heads. And so they, they received this gift of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and they went out and they were uh, preaching and people heard in their own language. And Kirk, I took an entire class on the book of Acts. And following that class, wow. I could have given you um, I mean, this was, I don't know, six, six years ago or something. Um, I could have given you a a compelling argument as to what exactly was happening because it's not clear whether or not the Holy Spirit was, uh, whether or not they were speaking in Hebrew or Greek or Aramaic and the Holy Spirit was making this recognizable to uh, the hearer who, who did not speak that language or whether this was a temporary gift of language for them where they didn't know the language, but suddenly they were able to speak it. Uh, and and what was, what's neat, Kirk, um, and you and I uh, have a little bit of skepticism about Pentecostalism and, and people who would call themselves Pentecostals. Um, right. But um, one of the commentaries that I read was written by uh, a guy named C. C. Peter Wagner. And in his commentary, he gave testimony about uh, – people who have experienced this, who never knew a language, who through the power of the Holy Spirit were given the gift of no, suddenly, yeah. suddenly knowing that language. And, and um, you know, we believe that the Holy Spirit is powerful and can, can work great miracles. And so for me, that's not a big leap. Uh, but also, um, I think sometimes we over-spiritualize gifts of the Spirit. And so uh, one of the optional texts for today is from 1 Corinthians when Paul talks about spiritual gifts. And um, I think sometimes, uh, you know, you can, you can take a test and, and find out what your spiritual yeah. gift is as if there were, they were limited to Paul's list. Um, and it's like, well, is it prophecy? Is it, is, it, is it the gift of tongues? My favorite is the gift of giving. Like everyone looks around the church like, and looks at the, like the wealthy family. This must be your gift, right? <laughs> uh, and and where, where it's my intuition that this is not a limited list. Like the Holy spirit gives us gifts. And so those, uh, there are people who are given the gift of languages. I know somebody who can, who quite easily learns languages and knows about a dozen languages well, and probably speaks nine of them very well. And, and is in continually interested in learning new languages. Like that is a simply like a gift from the Holy spirit. And these and we search far and wide for like what, what, what is this Holy Spirit gift that, that, that the Holy Spirit has given me? And it's like, well, my response would be, what is it that you are passionate about? What is it that you care a lot about? Like that is a like a Holy Spirit burden that the Lord is, is, is put in your heart. And, and those who he calls, he equips. And who is it that equips, Kirk? It is the Holy Spirit. So we want to say uh, that the Holy Spirit is not a tool um, that helps us get things that we want, 
um, whether it's, uh, well, boy, I, I heard this person speaking in tongues at the service and like, boy, we need uh, a, an interpreter, uh, but the Holy Spirit is a person, a person. And we, I think t- last year we talked about this and emphasized this, that, that um, in the creeds, we say how um, the Holy Spirit, um, like the father and son is worshiped and mm-hmm. glorified. So like we worship him along with the father and the son. And we'll talk about this a little bit more probably next week uh, with next week being. Yeah, that's interesting, right? So we picture, I think in our, like when we close our eyes and we picture the Trinity, uh, we love Jesus. Like there's kind of an intimacy with Mm -hmm. Jesus. There's an awe and reverence towards the father. He's the hairy, he's the hairy God, right? right? Jesus is the hairy God. And then God is, is, is the, you know, the the father kind of. Um, we have an honor reverence for him probably. And then do we worship the Holy spirit? I I think probably you're right. We have an instrumental view of the Holy spirit. Like he's a, like a, like a Swiss army knife, like a, like a, like a wrench, a set of wrenches that we use to like live our spiritual life, like live our Christian lives. Yeah. That's a, that's a, probably a problem. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is, um, which is why I wanted to do the extended reading today. Um, at church, we're just going to read Acts 2, 1 through 11, 12 through 21 are optional. Um, but, but I just read all of them uh, because Peter gives a little bit of an explanation here. Uh, the people are like, ah, oh, they're drunk. Um, you know, this is an amazing thing that was happening in the streets that like, that, um, that uh, they spoke in other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. And other people are like, what is going on? Are they drunk? What is happening? And Peter's like, nope. They're not, <laughs> it's only 9 a.m. Uh, and uh, which I, I hear, I was listening to a podcast today that referred to that as the funniest line in all of the, all of the Bible. I disagree. I think the funniest line is where Jesus is like, if your kid asks for food, you yes. give him a, a, you know, a I snake. I was just going to say yeah. that. Yep. <laughs> you who are evil. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, so Peter explains this, like this gift of the spirit, what happened? This is a fulfillment of what the prophet Joel and uh, this this is something where this is a time where I want to uh, talk about um, Lex Orandi, Lex Tradendi, that our theology is our prayer. Um, and so we, during ordinary time, um, our, our service is open with a declaration, blessed be God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the and people respond, him. and blessed be his blessed kingdom, be his now, kingdom. And forever. now and forever. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Uh, and then during Advent and, and Lent, uh, we have our own um, seasonal greetings uh, during the Easter season. It's it's this uh, Easter acclamation, Alleluia, Christ is risen. And the people respond, the Lord is risen Lord indeed, is risen Alleluia. Indeed. Yeah. Today, Kirk, I'm um, sorry, today, uh, Pentecost, we have our own seasonal greeting from Joel and the book of Acts. Kirk, are, right. are you familiar with this or is this ACNA prayer book um, fairly uh, Is new? this the Lord will pour out his yes. spirit upon all flesh and yeah. your sons and daughters shall prophesy? Your yeah, old men shall antiphonal. dream dreams. Yeah, it's antiphonal. So, so it's it's response, call and response between the celebrant and the people. Uh-huh. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. You shall know that the Lord is in the midst of His people; that He is the Lord, and there is none else. And it shall come to pass. So, this, um, suddenly we're 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 turning to Acts now, from Joel to Acts in the call and response that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, in our worship in our, in our liturgy is, is our theology that comes directly from Joel two verses 27 and 28 and verse 32, and then acts two verse 17 and 21, which uh, we read today. And so 
Peter's explaining like what exactly the gift of the Holy Spirit is. Of course, uh, I mentioned over the past several weeks that part of the gift is that geography no longer matters, that Christ's absence uh, means his universal presence, that he that Christ is present with us through his Holy Spirit, that he promised that he would not leave us as orphans. And so we have this gift of the Holy Spirit so that we are not orphans, that, uh, that the Spirit dwells in us. Um, and, uh, but also, uh, we see, um, um, something just immensely profound, uh, that these, these kind of miraculous things, the Holy Spirit did, they continue. So I've talked, I think in the past about kind of this, this view of the Holy Spirit called cessationism, um, that, that like, these signs and wonders in the book of Acts were kind of like a one-time thing that helped the church spread. And then like the Holy Spirit just ceases to work. That's what cessationism refers to is the, the Holy Spirit ceases to work in that same way. Uh, and I think that that is a, uh, a wrong way of, of viewing um, the Holy Spirit's work in our world that, that um, in this uh, reading from Joel um, and in this call and response that we begin our service with, you shouldn't, because of these things, these these prophecies and these dreams and visions, what's the what's what is what happens? You shall know that the Lord is in the midst of His people; that He is the Lord, and there is none else. And so, what we see in 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 the Book of Acts, every time we see the Holy Spirit working miraculously, it's not random. Right? People believe because of that. Right? And, and so when we pray, we, I think we ought to pray the same way. As we pray for God to work miraculously, it is as a testimony that, that the God who made the earth and everything in it um, is, is uh, powerful and that he is Lord of the universe. But also, so not only does it testify to him, but it testifies to his care of his creation and his providential um, love uh, of, of all things in creation. And so, um, uh, you know, I'm just going to take a brief aside here to, to talk about evangelism and how um, there, there's a cultural component to that where uh, we in America are very aware of sin and guilt and, and all of our evangelism is based on that. That like, because of Jesus, he paid the price for your sins. Therefore your guilt is taken care of and we have peace with God. That, like all, all of the kind of the, the, the elevator pitch for becoming a Christian is, is uh, about that, but people, missionaries who go overseas to uh, uh, more primitive cultures, uh, it's it's about the God of power, the God uh, who made the universe, and their evangelistic pitches are, they'll they'll tell a story about the God um, who acts powerfully in the world and made the world and all that's in it, and they'll say, "Can I tell you about that God? Because He has made Himself known through Jesus Christ," and uh, and um, because they, they 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 preach that way and they pray that way, um, there there are testimonies of of God working miraculously in those contexts. Um, uh, they pray that way, um, they evangelize that way, and God moves in that way. Um, and I, I find that very interesting that that like they're still using like the acts model of like God like praying for God to act in a particular way. God acts in signs and wonders. People believe. Yeah. So you mentioned um, uh, the gift of uh, 
would we say translation, um, um, a foreign speech being made clear, um, that that is a phenomenon that, that, that still continues um, in, in the modern church. And uh, I think that's really, part of that is really at the core on, on an even deeper level um, with this text. Um, the Old Testament lesson for Pentecost. I'm sorry, Kirk. Um, what, what, what form of, of speak, speech are you saying, like, like in an instant being able to speak a foreign language fluently? Yes. Okay, yes. gotcha. Yes. Yeah, because that, that is different. Because yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There, yeah, there are two different. Not there are two different things. Yeah, there are two different right, right, things. Right, right. Like right. something fluency. called fluency. The, yeah, the there's gift called of sudden fluency. There's yes. something called glossolalia, which is yeah. which is different. Which That's is not what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, speaking right. an unknown language. Right, yeah. Right. No, uh, no, no. Yeah. I'm talking about known languages. Yes. Right. So Parthians, Medes, all hearing in in their own language. Um, the the Old Testament reading for uh, for Pentecost um, is Genesis 11, which is the story of the Tower of Babel or mm. Babel or whatever. Um, and, and in the Tower of Babel, um, the Lord says, behold, they are one because they are building this um, this arrogant tower um, to the sky. Um, God says, and the Lord said, behold, they are one people and they have all one language. This is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth and they left off the building, the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord dispersed them over the face of the earth. Um, so we have, as the result of man's sin, man's pride, man's arrogance, um, essentially man's self-idolatry, making oneself God instead of worshiping the Lord as God. Um, we have confusion, disorder, and darkness spreading. Um, and as is the pattern in the gospel of God knitting back together those things that man tore apart, Right? We have, because of a tree in the garden, um, uh, he, uh, we no longer walk with God. But because of a tree, <laughs> a God becomes himself the fruit on the tree, that is the cross. Um, we are reunited with God and sin is canceled, sin is paid for. Um, likewise, we have here God knitting back together. Um, out of confusion comes understanding, right? So we have in Pentecost, we have coming wisdom, intelligence, uh, intelligibility, um, and and uh, we have all these peoples, uh, Parthians, Medes, etc., Scythians, who are now able to hear the gospel all of all in one. So that's a lovely symmetry. Um, I love that. I love that as well. There was another thing I was yes. going to say. Did yeah, we... Kirk, it's, it's beautiful that like um, like I love the the the. And and again, I, I think uh, I guess the technical term would be to underrealize or overrealize eschatology. Um, uh, if we push out too far the the healing and restoration that God has done to just the last day, that like right. um, simply on the last day, like in in the courtroom, uh, we will be declared uh, righteous and then enter into um, uh, heaven and. So we have, be no, like we're told we have peace with God now and, and like God is a God who restores things and heals things. And like, we are, so yeah, there are, there's a sense of first fruits and then like only to be realized on the last day on the eschaton. Uh, but 
um, uh, what, what we what you're pointing out here is is that um, we see a knitting knitting together of what was undone, a healing. Um, that, yeah. that what was done yeah. at Babel um, is is kind of kind of we see a glimpse of what is a foretaste of what is to come. Yeah. But not only that, I mean, let's like you said, let's not underrealize um, uh, the, the eschatology, the promise of God's kingdom, um, the, where the Holy Spirit is present, um, a wisdom and understanding uh, comes mm-hmm. where there was previously chaos, confusion, darkness. Um, so that is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Um, Amen. So preach it, brother. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Isaiah eleven, which Martin Luther often quipped um, the gospel according to Isaiah. Um, Isaiah 11 verses 1 and 2, which is often read during Advent, um, contains what the church has taught as um, the seven um, gifts of the Holy Spirit. So I'm just going to read those two verses. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And what does the Spirit bring with him? The spirit of wisdom, one, and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Um, so, so the church has viewed that as, well, um, that teaching, um, kind of catechesis on the Holy Spirit. And so what we get is the seven, the seven gifts of the spirit, um, which are, well, as that passage says, wisdom understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. And A, I just want to say, that sounds like the opposite of Babel, right? That sounds like God knitting back together with the power of his Holy Spirit, um, that which was thrown into confusion, violence, and chaos. Um, And and it also sounds like, um, (laughs) it also sounds like I forget what my second point was, but I'll just make a third point. Uh, it, it sounds like something I want, right? And something we should all pray for. We should all pray for these things. Um, these are things our church badly needs. Oh, and and the, the third thing I wanted to say was this. Did, did I miss it or have we assumed? Did, did you do the uh, some backfilling? Did you explain Pentecost 10 days after Ascension? Was... I, I did not mm-hmm. explain that. Yeah. So we should probably explain um, Pentecost will come on Sunday and it always comes the Sunday after the Sunday after Ascension because Ascension's on a Thursday. Um, and uh, on Ascension, uh, kind of one of the last commands to the disciples was to go to Jerusalem and pray and wait, right? And 10 days later um, comes Pentecost. Do you have anything to add to that or did I nope. get the basic gist of that? Yeah. Yeah. And and we'll talk about this later, but then we have the season after Pentecost. Yes. Um, so we have, uh, it starts with Trinity Sunday, which is kind of this, this great feast day. Um, this feast day, not based on any, it's based on like a theological idea. A theological construct yeah. <laughs> created well, by the Council of Nicaea, which created, was created by a cynical emperor, Constantine, who just wanted to consolidate his rule over a growing group of Christians in the Roman Empire. Eh, I wouldn't I'm say kidding. that, but yeah. <laughs> But but uh, yeah, uh, it, it's kind of like the end end of the story, you know, like the of the, the story of God's work in the world, and and so we we uh, have a major pivot. So, do you have anything, anything else to add we, regarding that? I don't. Let's uh, let's pivot ourselves uh, and move on to our culture segment. Come on, Holy Ghost. 
Today, we in our culture segment are going to talk about a TV show that I kind of can't believe that this many episodes in we haven't talked about. Yeah. And this is 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 the TV show, the 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 bright flame that that burned that you know that got too close to. I'm mixing all kinds of metaphors. <laughs> uh, he flew too close to the sun. Anyway, it debuted November 2nd, 2003. Um, there were three seasons. Um, everybody came to know and love these characters. And by everybody, I mean only cool people. Um, and the TV show is called Arrested Development. Not to be confused with the 1990s rock band. So this is a show developed by uh, a guy named Mitchell Hurwitz. Uh, and interesting, I mean, it's interesting to me, kind of the characters that that surrounded this show, that that um, uh, the Russo brothers, who are now well known for being the writers and directors, I guess they're probably just directors, of the last several of the Marvel movies, including the last two, uh, Infinity War, Avengers Infinity War, and Avengers Endgame. Um, they, uh, I think, got their... Uh, comedy chops they have well-established comedy chops as being directors of early episodes um in the first the first season ever was was a direct first episode ever of arrest development was uh directed by uh, one of the russo brothers so um herwitz is the show runner um uh people such as the russo brothers uh were, were producers and directors patty jenkins directed a few episodes if you know her Did from she? yeah from wonder yeah. woman from Wonder Woman, yeah. um, and uh, which is interesting that she went, she did comedy here, and then she did that uh, kind of drama movie uh, with um, Charlize Theron. I can't think of the name. Monster. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this is a story. Uh, in fact, uh, Kirk, as I'm vamping here, w- would you be <laughs> willing to look up just the in- Ron Howard's intro? Um, just, just uh, yeah, that, that would be the, the best synopsis. Um, Kirk's going to look up that um, while I talk about the cast. I mean, this is a movie that launched the careers or relaunched the careers of several people. So um, Jason Bateman uh, had come on the scene early in Teen Wolf 2, um, but but kind of had fallen away. And this was like a rejuvenation to his career. He's been huge in in kind of the almost 20 years since this. Um, Jeffrey Tambor um, had... uh, been in um, some comedies uh mostly a comedic actor um in in the 90s um i think it'd be a three two one yes so okay so uh we had a little bit of uh technology uh blip no, there so we're, it was my fault go ahead <laughs> we're gonna just continue uh and yeah. so if it's disjointed uh it's because there was an interruption in the recording so um i was talking about the cast and how it launched or relaunched the careers of several different people um so it launched the careers uh I mean, these were some of them were known quantities like Portia de Rossi, but like Will Arnett launched him, um, Michael Sarah, uh, Aaliyah Shakwat, um, Tony Hale, who you may know from Veep, very funny. Uh, David Cross had done some some comedy stuff in the '90s, but like really kind of launched him to that next level. Um, and Jessica Walter, who is the the voice of of a yes. character Mallory Archer on on the show Archer, uh, the the is, late Jessica Walter, correct? The late Jessica, yes, yeah. Did just this so, year, um, right? I, Kirk, I mean, the casting of this show is is just perfect. I mean, each of these characters who is awful. <laughs> it's right. about this awful family. Kirk, do you have that, that intro queued up? I do. I do. Tell, have me, the intro. tell me what this show, what's the show about? 
here's what the show's about. Now the story of a wealthy family who lost everything and the one son who had no choice but to keep them all together. It's Arrested Development. And that's it. Um, so I, I hate to say it, Kirk, but um, I, I couldn't hear that. So I don't know if that went onto the recording. More uh, editing work for you. Okay. But, but yeah, that's so it, it's it, this took place in, uh, it came out right around the same time as like Enron and all these corporate schedule, uh, corporate scandals. Um, and it's about this family uh, led by Jeffrey Tambor, uh, who on the show is called George Bluth who is this, this patriarch of this company and has used the company as his personal piggy bank. And in the Kirk, what's interesting, they were not, he was supposed to be only in the first episode and not come back. Really? Yeah. And, and it turns out he's just this amazing character. And even as they uh, worked on the show, uh, so what happens is you make a pilot and then they, you know, decide to do the show or not. And he was so good in the pilot that um, him being in jail just, and it, he loves jail. He's like, this is, I'm having the time of my life. He's like, you're doing time. No, I'm having the time of my life. He's playing softball. He's getting exercise. Um, he was burned out at work. Uh, so, so, I mean, that's a funny thing. Jason Bateman plays this earnest son who's running the company. Joe Bluth plays a magician who's, who's just silly. And I, I never thought that like you could have a magician character who th takes himself very seriously. Uh, <laughs> it is unbelievably funny. And then Buster Bluth, who is uh, the 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 baby br uh, brother who never grew up, and then Lindsay, who um, is is clueless, and uh, Kirk, this show just works. Why? Um, here's why. Um, it's it settles upon a formula um, that uh, Charles Schultz discovered uh, 50 years before that, which is everyone loves, but also loves to laugh at. Um, the nice kid who's trying hard. You see, Michael Bluth is Charlie Brown. Hmm. And he's just surrounded by a bunch of uh, dysfunctional Lucys who promise him they will not remove the football this time when they hmm. go to kick it. And there's really, the, the plot has no arc in any of the seasons um, hmm. because it's all, um, uh, it's all various members of his family promising this time I will not be dysfunctional. <laughs> and they invariably are. Because it is the fate when you're Charlie Brown, um, that you are when you are the only reliable, earnest one uh, to be surrounded by uh, flakes, um, and uh, and and we all in inherently recognize that because um, we all in our own story that we tell ourselves, we all make ourselves the Charlie Brown character, right? And everyone else is playing someone else, Lucy or Sally. Think of all the characters in Charlie Brown. Um, there, there's something important that they do that undermines Charlie Brown's um, kind of life project. And that is essentially what's happening with Michael Bluth, right? Um, and mm -hmm. I was trying to, as I was re-watching it this week, Christopher, in anticipation of this show, I was trying to think about how would I tell the story of the first season? And <laughs> it's not really, there, there's nothing doesn't go anywhere right like you just told it right um the company <laughs> the company in the first in the pilot is seized on a boat right by the securities and exchange commission um dad goes to jail dad gives the company over to shield uh, ostensibly to shield michael bluth from uh legal action gives the company over to his wife who's like a manipulative drunk right and uh, who's hilarious yes. right 
Um, and so everyone's basically like, like has access to the company credit card and the company car and all this stuff, except Michael, right? <laughs> and that's it. That's the story. Um, so how yeah. do each of these episodes work? Um, because it's that thing happening in a different way every episode. But it ne- yes. that well never runs dry because there's something so true in human nature about that pattern, right? What do you think? Is that why it works? Kirk, I think it's, that is incredibly insightful and, uh, and quite brilliant because it <laughs> works. It, it, you, Kirk, when's the last time you had watched it? Uh, I, I very sadly, I felt like I had failed it. Um, I petered out um, with the new release of season. So when was that? That would have been, let me pull up the IMDb page. When did, so what? Netflix bought the, how did this work? Netflix bought the rights. I don't know that this is a good conversation to have right now. No, no, um, okay. It was 2018. Is, it was 2018. Okay, so, so it had been a long time. It's so been a long pe- time. How, what, what do you mean you petered out? Like you petered out with seasons four and five? Or? Seasons four and five. Oh, sure. Because they're not good. Yeah. But I think it took a while to admit that because of such dogged loyalty to the show. But So seasons four and five were brought back years later by Netflix. I mean, there were rumors of years to like bring back the show, bring back the show, like the show that everybody loves but didn't get good enough ratings to remain on the air. They finally brought it back. But because because the show had made these actors, they weren't available necessarily to film together. And so um, the thing that worked in the original three seasons of having all these characters together uh and also the pacing of a 22 minute show like kirk the jokes are like rapid fire yeah oh um, yeah Mm -hmm. where they they have kind of the running jokes in seasons four and five but the 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 timing isn't right and the pacing isn't right they're so spread out because they're not constrained by like shoving them together and so with both the distance of the jokes and the distance of the characters like they're not together like the, the great thing about a show is the ensemble right um mm-hmm. funny characters that, that that um even if you don't love the characters um you you laugh at them like these are all bad people and we we enjoy laughing at them but what's interesting um about charlie brown in season four is that he suddenly isn't a good guy anymore mm. see i don't even remember that yeah, and then it totally doesn't work because the basic dynamic doesn't even exist anymore and and then you kind of look back at the other seasons and like the earnestness of Michael, you realize like he just, he doesn't realize that he's also as bad as the rest. Like he thinks he's the virtuous one, but in fact, like he's, uh, are you saying that, are you saying that's true or that's the story that season four? No, I'm tells? saying, I'm saying when you see the person, the character of Michael in seasons four and five, oh, suddenly okay. it, it makes you reflect differently on the first three seasons. But gotcha. I, I think it's okay to, to see those as non-canon, uh, because they're just, they're just so different. And so uh, I prefer to talk really about the first three seasons. Um, like they, they introduce you to these, these wacky characters. They end, um, the big thing is the recurring jokes. You know, yes. they, 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 should we they, list those briefly? Sure. They yeah. set you up for these early on. So there's the chicken dance, <laughs> right? How do you even begin to describe the chicken dance? Each uh, each character, well, not Michael because he's the straight man, but but each of the other characters has a different variation of a, of of like this is what a chicken looks and sounds like. None of them are anything like. And basically, they use it when they're trying to egg Michael into doing something, right? It's a manipulative thing, right? They're calling him chicken. Yeah, yeah, 
Okay. Uh, what are what are some some other recurring jokes? Um, uh, uh, <laughs> Tobias's. Um, uh, huh. Everyone everyone seems yeah. to understand that he's gay except Tobias. Yeah. There's that. Okay. What else? Um, George Michael's attraction to his cousin, maybe. Yeah. That everyone plays into. <laughs> so so there are the the big ones like that like that 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 go throughout an entire season, but then even just in an episode, like, so in season two, um, Job is made president of the company and he starts wearing his dad's suits. And so he's got this, come on bit. Like, um, you think a guy wearing a, a $3,000 suit. And then every time he says it, like the suit gets more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so it's just kind of this building. It's, it's, it's quite funny. There's the, um, there's the manner in which, uh, George Booth taught his kids lessons. <laughs> yeah so he how did he he, he had like this this friend who had lost an arm right and when he needed to teach a kid his kids a lesson he would have his his kids encounter this friend and something would happen and the friend's arm would quote fall off the fake arm would fall off and the kids would be screaming and like somehow that taught them a lesson <laughs> and the kids like every time they recall it they like they can't quite make sense of like what the lesson was supposed to be but it was always like, and that's why you don't blah blah blah. Yeah, there, yeah. we have um, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus um, plays a, a, a lawyer who's a prosecuting attorney who's pretending to be blind. Her dog right. is Justice. His name is Justice. Uh, he's supposed to be a seeing eye dog. He's dressed up as one, but Justice is blind. I mean, <laughs> th this there's so much density to the jokes. It's unbelievable. Um, so, so Bob, it is blah, a Kirk. Blah, it's available blah, blah, on. Blah. Yeah, Bob, Bob, blah blah. Um, the blah 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 blog, yeah. <laughs> they're they're not afraid um, to take a joke that um, might not be funny on its own, but but when you put it six times in an episode, yes, and like bring it back, um, it builds up in an, in a brilliant way and is is enjoyable. Tobias uh, Kirk... is a never nude. <laughs> yes. So he wears jean cutoffs. He, he was afraid to ever take them off. Um, and so that's a recurring thing. But, but these recurring jokes, Christopher knit themselves into the fabric of our family over the last uh, 17 years. For example, um, I, uh, while I was trying to make money on the side, while I went back to school to learn, um, to get certified to teach um, uh, four or five years out of college, uh, I was working for, uh, for a, uh, a company that would come in after school yes. and do like a, like a, like science workshops. And I would wear a lab coat and you just thought this was hilarious. Cause I wasn't. No, 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 I no, never... no, no. Here's what it was is you did science experiments and some, at some point when you described it, uh, Meg was like, she heard <laughs> science experiments. It was like, and heard you said science experiments. She heard magic tricks. And so suddenly this is a Kirk is from a magician. Yes. So suddenly I'm Joe Bluth. And like the sound isn't just yeah, isn't just a magician, but like I didn't realize this is something magicians do is that they like they have they have like the final countdown play <laughs> and Joe will like dance, you know, to like to hype the crowd up before he does it uh, uh an illusion. <laughs> right. So that's a running joke. Illusion, you know, it's not right. a trick, it's an illusion. Um, yes. so there's Kirk, we could talk forever about running jokes. Cause they're so funny. Like that, um, uh, that Job, uh, gets kicked out of the magician's Alliance for revealing tricks. 
Um, and he but it's not even his fault. It's right. because like the um, the uh, what was it? The Aztec tomb was yeah. seized, <laughs> and uh, so like Channel Five Action News says, and if you press this panel here. And like, that's what gets him uh, blackballed by the uh, magician society. <laughs> I mean, th there's the, the, the Milford school where it's like um, children are to be seen and not heard. Um, <laughs> and, and like, you could the always corn tell baller. man, uh, the cornballer. Oh my gosh. Uh, but the one I was going to say uh, was, um, oh, Buster always kind of comes up to people to greet them. And he says, hey, hey brother. brother. And he like, he gives them a back massage that they just hate. Everyone's like wiggling out of it. Yeah, it's it's he doesn't get it. And yeah. um, there's an episode where uh, Job thinks that Michael is into his girlfriend, and she's a Spanish speaker. And so, uh, even though even though Job took three years of Spanish, he like calls up Michael and is like, "Hey, mon frere." Like he's like, "That's French for brother." I don't know why I know that. I took four years of Spanish, and he doesn't realize that Hermano is Spanish right. for brother until Joe uh, until Buster comes in. Gives him a massage and says, "Hey, Hermano." He says, yes. that, He's like, "What?" So that—that's a funny joke. But then in the next season, spoiler alert: uh, he loses a hand <laughs> to a loose seal. Yes, his mother's name is Lucille. Yes, and because loose seals are dangerous. Kirk, shall we close in prayer? Let's. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. Let us pray. Almighty God, on this day, through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, you revealed the way of eternal life to every race and nation. Pour out this gift anew, that by the preaching of the gospel, your salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. O God, who on this day taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending to them the light of your Holy Spirit, grant us by the same Spirit to have a right judgment in all things and evermore to rejoice in his holy comfort through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Next week, Kirk. Next week.